Hi, and welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today we have Michael Massey with us, joining from Seattle. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Kara. Good to be here once again. Hello, everyone. Good to have you. Um, Today, we wanted to talk about spiritual diversity. So... It's a, it's a big blessing to have people who are further along on a path that we can look up to and model ourselves after. And we've talked before about the importance of spiritual community. So this ties in with that as well. Um, it's just so helpful to have people who have, who we can say like, okay, this is how they did it and it worked for them. So I'm going to try that. And it, it just kind of makes that path a little bit clearer. Um, and so that can be helpful to, to for our own progress. And um, but the the sort of interesting other side of the coin to this is that it can it can also create a trap that we need to be mindful of. So Michael, can you kind of talk to us about what we need to be careful about when we are emulating others as we seek union with the divine? Um, Yes, to kind of to your point there about it being helpful to have, uh, say, teachers or those that we can can look up to and respond from. And, uh, you know, I think I said, I heard it, I don't remember where this originated, but uh, it's the basic notion that that um so we need someone that we can learn from in our life and then also someone that we can teach and then also someone to walk beside is mm. the that would be the trinity kind of an ideal uh, yeah an ideal kind of arrangement so you, yeah so you have someone that you're learning from and someone you're you're teaching and someone that you're working with it uh, along the way and um uh, not all of us are necessarily blessed to have such a perfect arrangement, um, but certainly in the, the the component or the the when it comes to um, uh, choosing a teacher, uh, there's I mean one of the things to be mindful of is that. Uh, teachers come and go in our lifetime, just like friends may, and maybe even lovers do. And, and many, many people come and go out of our lives so that, that when we find someone that's a good teacher, it's, uh, just like we go through, you know, grade school and so forth and so on. There's a graduation process. So you have a teacher for a certain, certain year and time. And certainly there's some few schools that carry it forward, like the Montessori's. Um, but you have a period of time where you have that teacher and then you're going to eventually get to a point where you're going to, you're going to graduate. Mm-hmm. And this is a little, those that are in the so-called teaching professions or, or providing that service to others. It's also important to know that your aim as a teacher is to graduate your student. And, um, we even see this in the words of Jesus when he said, um, even greater things shall you do than, than he has himself. Um, there's, um, I think, 
hopefully, you know, uh, most parents out there, whether they get hung up on their own egos or not, do you wish and desire for their children to exceed anything they have achieved in life? So there's this, the, a leapfrogging type of approach where you're wishing better for the one you're teaching than you're, you have even been able to realize for yourself. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, and also, no, just with the, the parenting, I mean, I think that flows into it as well. Another piece to that is just that you have this dependent relationship with a child, with a parent, um, but ultimately, as that matures, if you do have like a, you know, this doesn't work with every single parent-child relationship, but... Um, but ultimately you, you do want your children to be able to be independent without you also. So there's kind of a graduation of that relationship as well. You'll always be their parent and they'll always be your child, but there's even that within that relationship. Oh, for sure. And I've noticed that with, you know, my relationship with my parents and um, over the years, and it's much more now it's, it's actually some of the most delightful times in that relationship are, um, are nowadays when we relate to each other. Um, yeah, as a, as, as fellow humans, as adults, as, um, uh, you know, not, not in, um, yeah, we put aside the, the The parent child, the roles, exactly. To just get to know each other, uh, as individuals, which is, which is a really fun period. Mm. And um, and that just continues to grow richer and richer and richer. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, so we have this this kind of dynamic that's that's you know it's present in school, it's present at home, uh, and it's going to be present in uh, workforce as well. Typically, you can have some kind of a supervisor or mentor at, at work. You want to have colleagues, whatnot, and you may have um, um, eventually underlings or newbies or, you know, that that, that come into the company that um, um, require tutelage. So similar types of dynamics. Mm-hmm. And one of the um, important things, I think what we're kind of starting off in terms of a theme of this is that... Um, um, as you mentioned, this spiritual diversity, right? Mm-hmm. So each and every one of us um, is unique. Um, and yet we also share certain common things. You know, we're all, let's say, human, and that's maybe maybe debatable, but um, oh, really? For the most part. <laughs> Should we pull know, that thread? There's always someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I ever meet someone like aliens, <laughs> aliens amongst us. Okay. Uh, I think that's a great topic for another time. <laughs> I know. I know. I just sometimes chuckle. I'm like, okay, what is, what are like the universe? find common things that we can all agree on as, uh, as humans. And it's a, that's a short, like, like, wow, what can we actually agree on that all of us can agree on? And you would think that we could all agree that we're 
humans, but there's a, there's a, some fringe elements there that won't even accept that. I'm like, okay, all right. Um, the sky is blue. Can we all agree on that one? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, so we're we're all these unique critters. We we share um, we share a bunch of DNA in common. We share a consciousness in common. And, uh, um, but there's this kind of, um, but no two people are exactly alike if they're exactly alike. Well, it's not two people. It's, it's one person. It's a, it's kind of the nature of everything. Everything has a unique frequency to it. Um, yeah. So if any two things share the same frequency, they're actually just the one thing. Uh, so everything has in some degree, it has a, has a unique signature to it. And our ultimate um, spiritual quest is to discover that uniqueness because that's the gift that we each bring. And so the um, um, looking to um, a teacher or someone to emulate were what we... The, the best teachers are the ones that are going to help us to discover and unpack and unwrap that which is unique unto us. Because if we just simply seek to emulate another, to be like another, then that ultimately will not fulfill our objective, which is to be ourself, if that makes, that makes sense. Right. You know, we live in a culture where we we worship celebrities like our royalty class, and and we tend to elevate and put on a pedestal certain icons, and and these are people that um, uh, inspire us, perhaps. So and you, you said to, celebrities, right? Sorry, it cut out a little bit. Yeah. So you said that celebrities are like a royalty class, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yes, and so yes, and so um, what? What the? Um, it's one thing to be inspired by, and then it's the tricky bit is trying to emulate. Mm. And so, if we find ourselves trying to emulate another, that's probably that's like the the red flag. Um, and to be inspired by versus to emulate. And so I, I think, you know, seek inspiration wherever we can get it. Um, but to the extent that we put anybody else on a pedestal, in a sense, we're actually making ourselves less than another. And that is actually ultimately it will produce a discord um, because it's not ultimately the truth. Hmm. Okay, so what I'm hearing then is the key is if we're if we do frame this from the spiritual aspect, you know, you can you can be inspired, as you said, by other people, but the key is to direct that um, adoration maybe inward. And uh, and figure out how to 
best use what the the role model is you know maybe maybe this person you know has certain qualities that appeal like you know being level-headed or being open-hearted or um you know something that feels like I want to be more like that or they have certain behaviors or um, habits that that you want to model but ultimately it's it's being um getting to know yourself um, so well that that you understand what you're here for. (laughs) You know, is it, am I hearing this correctly? Yeah. And we have, we have a tendency to uh, project all of our qualities out um, to those around us. So we admire that in others, which is actually an innate trait that we have as well. And then we tend to despise others because we also share, um, we share that as well. So um, that's the, kind of the nature of the projection. And so um, eventually as you move, um, you know, say further along the, the spiritual path, this comes into more and more conscious awareness and that, um, um, that we're projecting all of this um on those around us. And so um, it takes, say, beauty to see beauty. Mm. So to see beauty in another means that beauty must be matched inside. Mm. So if we do not have that beauty within us, then we can't perceive it anywhere. Mm. And this is, this is the kind of the quantum nature of reality. So it is that which is, is within that enables to even see um, anything around us. And I know in the, you know, in the meditation world, there is a lot of talk about frequency and vibration. So I think that this would, is another way of saying that, right? If, you, if people are hearing about frequency and vibration, it's kind of like if you are resonating, that's what you're, what you're attracting, what you're resonating with is a reflection of your vibration. Yes, yes. And let's, um, and we might actually take a little bit of step out here to kind of take a look at the world around us. Okay, so we have, we have, um, um, we have our own self that we bring we, and then we're interacting with uh, what I would call the field. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the field is, is all around us. It is the, it's the collective experience that we have here on, on planet earth. All right. So right now the field is full of, you know, all kinds of things and pandemic fears and, you know, um, some social unrest and, um, fire, uh, fire, right. Um, we got here in the United States, of course, we got an upcoming election. So we got, you know, this polarization and, and, uh, so all of this is stuff that's present in the field. And so one of the things is that, that we is what can we do about this field that's presented to us? Now, there are some who would choose to engage the field. So they go, well, 
this world isn't what it could be or something like that. And they're going to go forth and they're going to attempt to manipulate that field to interact with it and change it, hopefully, for the better. Or they're going to attempt to change it into a version that they are more comfortable with. More, more comfortable with. Um, you know, that can be a slide back towards more traditional values, so to speak. It can be on, you know, or it can be a movement towards more progressive, progressive ideals. Um, but it's an engagement with the field and an attempt to manipulate the field or make changes to it. That uh, requires an enormous amount of energy mm. and influence. Um, and so there is an alternative to this that comes in the self-empowerment and the knowledge of who we are. And the, here's the thing. So if I, that each and one of us, and, and this is a, this is a, if it hasn't hit you yet on your spiritual walk, there's comes a time where it's like, who am I? It's the, it's the, you know, who am I? That's mm -hmm. one of the most important, like, philosophical questions of all time. Mm -hmm. And in essence, okay, we are not some, we're not a story. We are a vibration. So who we are is something is that can be felt. It, we are a frequency. We're not the story that happens to be wrapped around it. Not that, oh, yes, here's my spiritual resume and I was once Cleopatra or any of these things. That's not who we are. Mother, whatnot, et cetera, okay? Mm -hmm. Or, um, um, you know, this goes on further, all the different labels. And then, you know, people um, they get into their kind of galactic lineage. And, and then, okay, you know, am I have DNA from this star system or this star system? But all of that doesn't really matter in terms of those labels and those stories. What matters is who we actually are in terms of a frequency, in terms of a vibration. Because when we tune into that, then we become the beacon for that truth of who we are. And then that radiates out through our own body energetic. So it is the gift that we bring. And when that is broadcast out into the field, it changes the field. Mm. Locally? Locally, globally, all of it. So we, we do have, I think you mentioned this in a previous one, but we have the ability to affect the, the field on the other side of the planet. Planet, yes, in, absolutely. And what... what helps us to to have that range going into uh, like an expanded state or um yes well anytime we actually open you know anytime we open up our heart more the more then our field gets bigger mm -hmm. uh but you know in, in i love you know chaos math the uh, um the notion of the butterfly effect you know a little mm -hmm. butterfly flaps its wings over um you know cambodia and it causes a, um, a ripple effect that builds and builds and, and creates a storm system in New York. Mm 
Mm-hmm. This, this is the kind of, that's the idea uh, behind the butterfly effect and, and chaos math. So even the uh, small changes that we might make through our, in our local environment um, to the field have a ripple effect that can be felt all the way around the world. Because mm. the whole field itself is kind of a living, breathing thing that we're always all contributing to. And so when it presents something, we don't necessarily have to, that we don't like the field that then rather than engaging directly with the field, we just, we tend to the truth of who we are. And then that will make that as we broadcast that out, then, then it makes changes to the field Mm. or the field auto adapts itself. Okay. That's. That's very powerful. Yeah. And this is, this is the true, the, like the true aim is that we can uh, change the world and we do it, you know, one soul at a time by, by living in the truth and the authenticity of who we are, which is this frequency. We each are an individual vibration. And as when we're tuned to that, then we emanate that into the world and that's how we change the field. Mm -hmm. And that's how we change. Then what's going to come when we wake up on the morrow? Mm -hmm. Because the field is altered and then that that changes what can be presented in terms of the dramas that we see playing out around the world. That's very powerful, very beautiful, and I hope that that inspires a lot of people to go and, you know, because there's so much empowerment that that holds just in that, um, you know, I think sometimes, and I don't imagine that anybody who's listening to this is in this camp, but, you know, I have a lot of people in my close, you know, network who are doers, you know, they're do, 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 and they just can't stop and they don't want to stop. And if they do stop, it feels like there's something else they should be doing. And, um, and so, you know, from that perspective, meditation doesn't really appeal to them. So henceforth, they probably aren't listening right now anyway, but it's very practical what you're saying. It's esoteric, but it is practical in that, you know, there is so much that is being done through that process of self-discovery and just going deeply within and understanding who you are and then having that ability to tune into yourself energetically and the control to know that you are expanding consciously outward, expanding love, expanding like a high a high intention for the planet and mm-hmm. just how powerful and practical that really is when it looks like you're not doing anything. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. one of my students today was like, I really needed this because, you know, she was brand new and she's like, I really needed this because I'm just always doing. And she's like, and now I have to go because I have more things to do. <laughs> you know. But she did, you know, she was curious about it. So she tried it out. So, um, in that respect, I was having a conversation last weekend, um, and uh, we were talking about just how there have been people over time 
who are who have been responsible for a lot of changes, like so, social changes. So we were talking about the LGBTQ community and um, how you know there are certain people who are are um, making you know they're they're doing good things, but they're not out there like protesting and marching and. You know, and the way that it sort of started the conversation, it was like they weren't doing enough, you know, or maybe or maybe it could be argued that they weren't doing the full on, you know, work for that cause. But my argument was or my suggestion was just, you know, we need it all. So we do we need those people who are going to go shake things up and be like, this isn't right. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to show loudly you know, why this isn't right. And we need that. But we also need the people who are sitting in the living rooms with the people who, you know, don't identify in that same way and just relating to them normally and opening their hearts. And it's a much, it's just a gentler, like, you know, same, same uh, cause, you know, but just a different approach. But I, I mean, I think, and I think this is kind of the point of, of what you're saying about like, know who you are and your place and what you're here for and what you're here to do, because not everybody is going to resonate with, uh, you know, activism, for example, not everybody's going to be changed by like being afraid or being shamed or, you know, and that, that will work on some and it will maybe affect a certain amount of change, but without getting that heart piece into it, it might not be complete. I don't know. Yes. Um, and I think we might have touched on this before, but uh, it's sort of like the universe loves the whole, the the eclectic group, the, the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. You got the yeah. little, you know, you got the hobbit who could sneak in and is the little thief, you know, and the, and then you have the the dwarf with his axe and the the elf with the bow and the and the warrior with his sword and the wizard with his staff and so and what they're able to they are, of course are able to save all of middle earth ultimately um from the evil of sauron uh and it's this 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 fellowship you just of, ruined it for me i've only seen the first one <laughs> oh, but, dang spoiler all right well i'll give you another 20 years to watch it uh, um, and so that's like um it's very much the way that we are so we have individual gifts and we have orientations and so each, it is you know to each of us to know um yeah what um um uh, what's our talent? What's our ability? And we'll know it because it, because we're, um, it feels comfortable to us. It, and it's um, peace and joy um, are indicators that we're, we're in, we're tapped into the, to our own core essence of who we are and why we're here. And, um, and, that has just a hugely profound uh, impact. I know that like peace is a big thing for me. So, um, 
So I cultivate um, peace within myself, within my mind, within my heart, within my body, where, uh, you know, and I've spent a lot of time over the years to learn how to interrupt um, negative self-talk and these kinds of things, because it's just not really, it's not very productive, and it's a huge waste of, of energy, and it can lead into a really vicious, dark places. It, I think pr pretty much everybody can relate to how that that negative self-talk is not a fun thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so that to, in, that, in a sense, anytime we're like that, we're really at battle with ourselves. So we're not at peace. So how can we bring peace into the world if we're not at peace within ourselves? So, you know, I've cultivated over the years a number of ways of interrupting those thought patterns, et cetera, et cetera in order to just be at peace with being here, mm. no matter what is presenting itself in the field. And then as such, then that, that peace becomes a gift or offering that run, that flows out from my energy field. So how much conflict do actually hits my sphere is not much. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it, my life is pretty peaceful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, fortunately or unfortunately or whatever, we're all in this together. So um, just me alone isn't enough to necessarily alter the whole field mm -hmm. to ultimately end conflict on this earth, although that would be awesome but yeah. um but it it does it makes it does make an impact and that's that's no, completely noticeable within you know my local sphere and then it also has a, a global impact where it does reduce the amount of conflict and so the more of us that bring say the vibe that that vibration of peace um into the field and the field begins to respond. change, yeah. respond. And so we really can shape the affairs on this planet by what we choose to bring into this world every day. And as we do that, when we change the field, we change the potential of, yes, the events that can play out. Okay, so let's talk about that. Unpack that a little okay. bit. Okay. All right. So it's sort of like um, um, the possible events that can play out. Everything from like human-related stuff of of you know uh, you know wars and things like that. That's a human drama. To uh, to even natural disasters and. Um, uh, acts of God, if you will, those are all, any potential event has a certain, say, uh, there's a certain field requirements for that event to occur. Relating so you, to I, the vibration of the field, yeah, more or less? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's sort of like it's, whether or not it's, it's fertile soil that has the nutrients for that particular, like, plant to grow, Okay. All right, and different 
you know, different soils and different constitutions, different things can grow. Mm-hmm. And something, something can grow at high altitudes, some low altitude. All right. So it's, there's this diversity. So as we make, um, we bring ourself uh, forward and our field then alters the field around us. It changes the soil constitution so that di- different events are possible for them to, to occur. Mm. Okay. So this is a really, if, yeah, if we only knew just how powerful we are, we can change the field together to make, to completely transform the type of things that will play out in the days and weeks and months and years to come. Mm. That's, that's so interesting. And, and so you're talking about this from like you alluded or you, you said, you know, you're one person, so there's only so much impact that you can do. Um, when we join forces consciously, um, I imagine that that amplifies by more than the sum of the parts. Yeah. It's, yes. It's, yeah, it's right. The okay. whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Right. Yes. So right. I will just mention if anybody uh, who's listening, if you're not aware, Sandra, Sandra Walter hosts, well, she doesn't host it. It's, it's a Sunday unity meditations that are offered at like 5, 11, 8, 11, 11, 11 Pacific time. And so you can just join in for 33 minutes. And so people globally are joining together, um, at those times, like consciously beginning at that time. And then you just do this from wherever you are and you don't have to dial into anything. It's, it's really like a private thing, but you are consciously offering yourself to the group and, um, and joining together all hearts for, for the upliftment of humanity. I mean, just a small thing, no big deal, really just, right. you know, <laughs> but very powerful stuff. And then so you're affecting the field, but you're you're also, you know, you benefit so much in it. The instrument is blessed by that which flows through it. So it's not right. even just simply like, okay, I'm gonna do this only, you know, for the betterment. Like if it if if it's not resonating, like, oh, I'll um I'll be able to affect the field. If that's not something that's resonating right now with you, then just the benefit of being with a global group, um and joining hearts, like you really amplify your own experience with that as well. So I highly recommend that. And I also do host um, free online meditations every week. So you can always contact me if you're not on that list now and similar kind of thing, but it is guided. So anyway, for what it's Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful activity. I, I think there was, it was some number of years ago, there was a, a little experiment done with a transcendental uh, meditation or like a bunch of Buddhist monks or something um, that all gathered in Washington, D.C. and then meditated. Mm-hmm. And it, it, and it, it like, there was like a two week period or something, which they did the study and they dropped, it dropped crime rates by like 60% or something that I, I have to look up the study again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, it really is. There is a, there is this in this invisible world, of energies that we cannot see 
a weird, this is that we call the field. It's this, it's what's occurring in this, in the space between things um, is rich and it's full and there's so much going on. And, um, and we have an amazing ability to repattern that to, um, um, and to make our contribution to it. And it then, it, it absolutely does alter the course of events. Mm-hmm. And I and, think we've talked about before too, but just in case there's anybody who, you know, hasn't caught up on all of, all of our um, recordings. So if, if it's not resonating with somebody that, um, you know, to open themselves and to connect inwardly, um, would a, would a pathway that might be relatable to more people be getting into a space of love, focusing on that love, that the feeling of love that is, you know, part of the human experience and cultivating that as much as possible? Yeah, and one of the best ways to cultivate love is to, is to find out where it stops. Hmm, now that's interesting. So we can go, yeah. So in other words, I I might reflect on a relationship or somebody or, you know, a dear family member or, or, or a memory or something that can kind of get me into the love vibration. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now I'm feeling it. I might feeling it, but I'm say feeling its flow. And then, um, is there a place at which all of a sudden it stops? Mm -hmm. Um, and I go, okay, well, it might stop when I think of my neighbor Hmm. okay then to look at that and go okay well why is that well it's because that you know that little chainsaw thing that went on you know Hmm. or whatever there's a I might have a resentment over a you know chainsaw that woke me up a few days ago then and I'm holding that then against my neighbor which is impeding the flow of love in me. And it is, it, and I want to, to feel better is to open, to open up, drop those resistance, drop those resentments so that I feel better because then when I'm feeling better, I'm glowing even brighter and I'm making a bigger impact on the field around me. Hmm. So we can look at how, where love is not flowing in order to enhance or increase the love that does flow. It's mm. the little. Yeah, that's good. Like that. Yeah. 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 And in this way, you can almost start to kind of have fun. Like you're, you know, you're, as you're working on yourself, you, you're not, it's, yeah, there's no, there's nothing really negative. You're just kind of like, you're just like opening up the, the pipes and you know removing the little logs or whatever and you can, can it can be a little like kind of fun self-discovery type of practice that you get into just removing the areas mm-hmm. where love is impeded and it's stopped wow i like that that's good you know the next natural question for me in that scenario yeah is uh so if you find where the love stops then how do you get it flowing again well 
well, if you find where it stops, okay, then, well, you, as I say, you remove that block or you remove whatever. So um, then you're going to reach into your little bag of tricks, okay, of, well, um, oh, I have a resentment towards my neighbor, okay, then the clear answer there is, you know, is, is forgiveness or, the, you know, I think there was a song a few years ago that was pretty popular. It's like something like, let it go, let it go. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's like, let that shit go. Yeah. And it's not worth holding on to. And, some, and a lot of times um, we might be holding on to certain things. It's just really a matter of, of, of through this kind of um, self-awareness of, of process of discovery, that once something comes into awareness, there's no reason to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times we hold on to stuff that we're, you see, we're just not really aware that we are. Mm-hmm. So it's about bringing it into the awareness. And then hopefully if you, as soon as you just brings it into your awareness, you're like, ah, I don't want that. Yeah. Because that's just making me feel worse. Mm-hmm. And do those types of things, have you found that as your vibration has risen, those lower things like that just sort of naturally fall away as a byproduct. Yeah. yeah Cause they don't, they eventually they, just, they don't, you know, sort of like we can build up a whole bunch of resentments. Um, it might take us a while to actually kind of peel back all those layers and get rid of those. Um, and as you peel them back, as long as you're not putting more in. Mm-hmm. So eventually it's like, okay, well I don't, build up resentment so mm-hmm. eventually there's it clears away okay yeah now mm-hmm. if you're you're trying to clear away resentment then you're always you know adding back on adding <laughs> yeah that's the yeah. idea yeah <laughs> yeah good luck with that yeah um yeah uh now you know something actually popped up on Facebook today, I, I kind of get a kick out of the, um, the little, little memory machine, you know, that oh, said yeah. four years ago, you know, uh-huh. um, I posted up an excerpt from my journal four years ago. Um, and it's kind of somewhat related to, uh, what we're talking about here. Um, but it does pertain to the um, nonverbal autistics. Mm-hmm. Um, shall I just so like a paragraph? Shall I read it? Yeah, read it? please. All right. Okay. So this is written on August twentieth, twenty sixteen. Our nonverbal autistic brothers and sisters can see the thoughts of everyone around them. They can see the quality of those thoughts and what and what the thoughts are attracting into the space. They work tirelessly to introduce new thoughts into the equation that lead to peace and harmony. From a mathematical perspective, the field is populated with thoughts, and the amplitude of those thoughts is driven by the emotions associated with that thought. Thoughts that separate, divide, and blame others, uh, or thoughts that separate, divide, and blame other thoughts appear as self-quarantining spheres 
of isolation into which a soul is descending. Such thoughts don't play with others, so to, well, well with others, so to speak, and range from dull to dark in luminosity. Thoughts that unify, simplify, and honor other thoughts appear as self-illuminating spheres of light through which a soul is ascending. Such thoughts love to play with others, so to speak, and range from gold to white in luminosity. What is highly amusing to the nonverbal crew is when the quarantine spheres pop. It kind of looks like champagne bubble burst from the inside out. When this happened, the whole field shifts towards greater harmony in the cop complexity of the equation. Uh, when this happened, the whole field shifts towards greater harmony. The complexity of the equation reduces to a simpler form, and the amount of light in the room increases. Wow. So relevant. I mean, four years ago, and you're talking about self-quarantining. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So yeah. they can, you're saying they can see these thoughts even in that color form. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So they're hyper aware of all the thoughts that, that are running uh, in a given space. It's really astounding. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, just a huge amount of love and respect. Uh, um uh, everyone that's on the spectrum, so to speak, and and particularly uh, to the nonverbal uh, autistics who who do carry such a high vibration, have such a high level of awareness, and such a limited ability to function in the bodies that they're here. Mm. Um, but they are they are truly exceptional, mm. and they know this kind of, this stuff that we're talking about today in terms of the field, like. They know it better than anyone. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. It's it's the world they live in. Huh. Yeah. So you so they they're visually experiencing the world in a different way than what totally. we do. Yeah. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So I've long I've long since then say that you know every organization would benefit from nonverbal autistics as just being a, in that space because the they have incredible abilities in order to bring um uh to harmonize uh disparate thoughts and discord and out of the field really yeah wow yeah huh i didn't know that's beautiful i know yeah well, that seems like a good, a, a really nice way to wrap. So, thank you, Michael. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Kara. Thank you all for listening. Um, um, lots of love uh, to uh, everyone out there and anyone uh, who's touched and knows, um, has an autistic uh, friend, relative, uh, anywhere in your sphere, just... Uh, um, uh, send them a good thought today because yeah. they will pick it up and um, um, yes, and they will bless you back for it. Uh, they don't know any other way. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Well, I've got some people in mind myself. So thank you. Awesome. All right. Well, and thank you for listening. 
and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.